this is the in focus podcast from the hindu congress president sonia gandhi's assertion that she is a full time hands on chief executive at the party's working committee meeting should silence the critics of the gandhi family for the moment she also asked dissidents to speak to her directly and not through the media Will these unusually assertive comments after months of silence from Sonia Gandhi galvanize the party ahead of crucial elections including to the all critical Uttar Pradesh state assembly will the party be able to present a united front or will it remain a divided house i am going to pose these questions and some more to Sandeep Phukan of the Hindu who has been following developments within the Congress party closely welcome to the Hindus in focus podcast Sandeep Phukan thank you Thank you for having me here. My first question, with Sonia Gandhi asserting that she is a full-time Congress president and not a part-time one by implication, will questions around the role of Rahul and Priyanka Gandhi now cease within the Congress party? Well, you know, I think there's a context to why she said this. Essentially, there are there were two developments: one recent and one about a year old. The recent development was that. Mr Kapil Sibal who is part of what is called as the G23 or group of 23 letter writers he had at a press conference said that we don't have a full time president so he questioned certain decisions decisions like you know inducting Kanhaiya Kumar into the congress party and then he or uh, elevating Mr Sidhu to the post of Punjab congress chief and then he ended up saying we don't know who's taking these decisions we know yet we don't so obviously the indication the insinuation was that you know sonia gandhi is a figurehead she is the congress president but all decisions are being taken by her children priyanka gandhi and in the case of elevation of sidhu and rahul gandhi for most decisions that you know takes place within the congress the other context to that statement is a letter that these g23 people had written last year in august where they had actually specifically said that the party needs a full time visible leadership so mrs gandhi's assertion at the congress working committee you know seeks to address both she is saying that i am full time hands on president yes i may be interim but uh, you know as long as i am there i am the boss second point that she makes uh, is that all the decisions no matter uh, you know who may have been involved but all the decisions are cleared by me so essentially rahul gandhi mainly rahul gandhi the centrality of decision making in the congress party uh, will revolve around mr gandhi whether or not he enjoys any formal position but uh, interestingly you make the point that the so called group of 23 wrote the letter last year and since then there has been in a sense silence from the gandhi family on the implications of uh, that letter or you know the contents of that letter and yes you do assert that uh, kapil sibal made these points but why open up now this could have been done months ago right so you know the gandhis did try to reach out uh, to the g23 because remember these are all senior leaders all they have been ministers in dr manmohan singh's government they have been gandhi family loyalists people like gulam nabi azad kapil sibal prithviraj chavan anand sharma they have all been associated with the gandhi family for a long time so perhaps the letter itself had a shock value for the gandhi family the fact that you know such a letter could have been written made it public 
or leaked to the media. There was a very stormy Congress Working Committee meet last year as well, following this letter. After that, of course, the G23 was isolated, but the G23 has been at it for some time. They are saying that we are not going to leave the party. We are lifelong Congress people, Congress persons, and we are, you know, some of them second generation Congress persons, and we are not going to leave. But what we are concerned about is the way the party is functioning. It looks directionless. There is a question mark on leadership. So they wanted to change things. They call themselves reformists. I mean, the media often refers to them as G23, but they themselves you know, call themselves as uh, reformists. No, but Sandeep, it's also a fact that some of these senior leaders, you know, are no longer have Rajya Sabha births given the dismal state of the Congress. So many of them, are, are they motivated out of their personal scenarios as well? Yes, that is, uh, that is the allegation from the Gandhi family loyalists. These people have enjoyed uh, all their lives, they have enjoyed power and position when the Congress was doing well, when it had governments in states, when it was in power at the center. Mr. Azad, for example, he's been a leader of the opposition. He's been, he was made chief minister of Jammu and Kashmir when the Congress was in a position to form government there when it was a state. He's been a central minister throughout the 10 years. So, you know, and he's served in almost every cabinet whenever the Congress has been in power. But now he's not there. He's, you know, his term ended and the Congress could not offer him a birth uh, or did not perhaps. I mean, it's, it's no secret, really, that uh, Mr. Rahul Gandhi and uh, Mr. Gulam Nabi Azad don't share exactly a great equation. Same could be the case with Mr. Sharma. So, uh, you know, these arguments are put forward. But there are also people who say that that's not true. You know, Kapil Sibal, for example, argues that, you know, he arranged for the Rajasabha seat on his own. And which is partially true, though, because he worked out an arrangement with Samajwadi Party and came as an MP from Uttar Pradesh, where the Congress really didn't have the power to send him to Uttar Pradesh. It was his own personal equation or management with the Samajwadi party then that uh, got him a seat in the Rajya Sabha. But you're right, this is a criticism that all these years when the Congress was doing well, the G23 was non-existent. Why were they not talking about the same changes that they mentioned in their letter. For example, uh, election to the Congress Working Committee. So election to the Congress Working Committee hasn't taken place in two decades. And most of these members, including Mr. Azad and Mr. Sharma, have been nominated by the Congress president, in this case, Sonia Gandhi. So obviously, I mean, you know, this is a criticism that they face, that they are also guided by their own personal ambitions and personal motives now that they are no longer part of the uh, decision-making process in the Congress party. So, Sandeep, let's move on to from the internal scenario of the Congress party to the larger external national context, the national scenario. We've seen the Congress, you know, lose some state governments where they'd been elected. We saw in Karnataka, we saw in Madhya Pradesh. There is a crisis in Punjab still. There are leadership challenges in Rajasthan and in Chhattisgarh. Do you see the Congress party leadership able to take on these challenges and address these in a manner which will finally benefit the election fortunes? I think, uh, you know, Punjab should be a lesson for the Congress uh, high command or the Gandhis so that they don't repeat the same kind of mistakes that they did in Punjab, uh, at least with the two other states where they still have a government, Rajasthan and Chhattisgarh, because both these governments have some time to go before they, they have more than two years. 
so elections would be due in 2023. Punjab, of course, it's only a matter of few months now. By February 2022, the state will go to polls. But the manner in which they handled the crisis, I think, you know, raises a lot of questions. For example, it's it's a fact that Captain Amrinder Singh was not popular with his own MLAs. That's a fact. I mean, that was fairly clear when uh, that exercise done by the Kharge panel, when that exercise was undertaken, Malikarjun Kharge, Harish Rawat and J.P. Agarwal, they met almost all the MLAs from the state. They met several other senior leaders. And there were very few supporters of Captain Amrinder Singh. They did not doubt his stature, but I think they had lots of questions about his style of functioning. MLAs complained that, you know, they were, the chief minister was not accessible to his own party MLAs, party workers. And there was an impression that some of the promises that the Congress had made in its 2017 manifesto, in fact, most of the promises that the Congress had made, they were not delivered. And that's why the existing MLAs will have a tough time to go to election. Whether Sidhu was their choice, I think that is a key question. My information is no. Sandeep, I'm going to interrupt you here. What I'm saying is that we've now seen what's happened in Punjab, you know, the way it acts. I'm talking about a larger national scenario. Does the Congress have a national narrative to take on the BJP, which is really quite a formidable electoral force? And I'm talking about the external scenario for the Congress, uh, you know, in that uh, context. What do you think? Does the Congress have it within itself? to pose itself or to come out as a genuine alternative to voters? That is the question I'm trying to ask you. Right. So I think this is a question that is often posed to Rahul Gandhi that, you know, you are not functioning uh, as an effective opposition, as the principal opposition party. In fact, some of the regional players have performed better than you. Uh, And the stock reply that we've heard from Mr. Gandhi at several press conferences is that uh, the institutions are compromised. The media is completely biased. Whatever the opposition says, it is not shown. So that is the reason why, but the opposition is doing its job and the Congress is doing its job as the principal opposition party, but it is the institution and the media that seem to be completely biased. And that is why they are not getting the space that they should you know, in the public discourse. I'm not too sure if that is an argument that can hold much water. I mean, that will hold much water for the simple reason. But if you look at the Congress, and that is why I was mentioning about the Congress states, if you look at their own states, I mean, you know, you're not being able to manage the states in which where you are in power. I mean, as I said, that Punjab was a particularly bad example. Even Rajasthan, they have not been able to go ahead and uh, do an expansion. Even Chhattisgarh is lingering. So unless you put your own house in order, it's a little difficult. But Sandeep, again, I mean, we talk about the Congress party and the disorder within. But we've seen the BJP itself change so many chief ministers. Absolutely. So it's not as if it's handling states is easy. Even when stalwarts like uh, Indira Gandhi were uh, was prime minister, the Congress had its fair share of changes of chief ministers and problems in states. So this is a lingering issue. I'm saying that what you referred to about Rahul Gandhi earlier, he's also talking about a certain ideological position of the Congress. I think the induction of Kanhaiya Kumar and uh, Jignesh Mewani to some extent shows that he is moving outside the traditional fold of the Congress. 
and he is talking about ideological issues which perhaps a, a large section of Congress persons, young and old, are not very comfortable with. That's right. At the Congress Working Committee, uh, we have in fact reported in the Hindu that Rahul Gandhi, when you know there was a chorus for him to take over once again as Congress president. So for the first time after he stepped down in 2019, he did say he did not outrightly reject. He did say that I will consider. But he went on to say uh, several things, including the need to have ideological clarity. He said that, you know, first the Congress must decide where it stands on crucial issues. So, for for example, he cited the 2015 Dadri lynching case. So he said that, you know, when Aklaq, he wanted to visit the family of Aklaq, the man who was... Uh, you know, lynched by a mob, a murderous mob, just on the outskirts of Delhi, he was prevented. He said that again when he wanted to, but this time he did go with his sister, when he wanted to visit Hathras and meet with the family of a Dalit girl who was raped and murdered, again, uh, opposition to that decision, but he went ahead with it. So he said that, you know, at the moment what has happened is that, you know, there is no clarity whether the Congress stands for the oppressed, for the religious minority, for the Adivasis, Though they say one thing, though they claim these things, but you know their actions don't seem to match. I mean, this is uh, this is something that Rahul Gandhi clearly hinted at the Congress Working Committee, and he said that the Congress needs to take a position. And I must say here, you mentioned about Kanaiya Kumar. Yes, I mean that's for example that's a clear indication that he wants to take the Congress away, maybe from pure centrist position to left of the center, whether it's Kanaiya Kumar or Jignesh Mewani. And there would be some opposition, and we saw that opposition in the form of Mr. Kapil Sibyl uh, raising that question at a press conference regarding Kanhaiya Kumar's induction, or Manish Tiwari tweeting, for example, about communists in the Congress party. So I think the Congress will have to settle which way or which path they choose to take. But this has been a Congress problem again. I mean, this is not unusual. I mean, they, they say they stand for economic reforms, but they also want to promote you know, welfare policies in a major way, which is state has a central role. So I think this is this is a problem. This confusion has remained with the Congress for a long, long time, not really new. But yeah, I mean, Rahul Gandhi did say at the CWC that they will have to decide, for example, the issue of articulating its position vis-a-vis -vis religion. Of late, we've seen Rahul Gandhi visiting a lot of temples and shrines. So that is, again, a question some people have asked that, you know, should we give up? You also would have noticed that the, the party hardly uses the word secular anymore in any of its documents. They have replaced the word secular with the word inclusive. You know, these are issues that the Congress is also grappling with. You know, how far do they go in terms of articulating its position with religious identity, secularism, so uh, economic policies? Right. Sandeep, the other question which you referred to a little earlier, the other issue, is, uh, you know, that of regional allies and uh, regional parties, you know, posing an alternative or posing a challenge. So, the Trinamool Congress, after its victory over the BJP in West Bengal, is clearly sniping at the Congress party's heels. Mamta Banerjee has emerged as a leader capable of taking on the BJP. We have seen some reasonably high-profile departures uh, from the Congress to the Trinamool Congress. Do you think that with Mamta Banerjee's stature, more Congress leaders, you know, might gravitate towards parties like the Trinamool? Yeah, I think it'll all become clearer once uh, the Congress decides on the leadership issue. It's a fact 
that uh, there is a section of senior Congress people who have reservations. I mean, you know, the Congress may keep claiming that uh, everyone in the Congress is backing Rahul Gandhi to be the president once again, but that's not the case. There are lots of people, many within the G23, they may not come out openly and say, but it's a fact that many of but uh, if they have issues, why don't they come out and contest against him? I mean, you know, elections are for that purpose, you know, to put across your point of view. So I think that's why we, we'll have to wait and see how this pans out in the next 10, 11 months. Uh, and in the immediate also, we may see a few departures because there is a feeling among some young people that, you know, they are in a party where it's not going to be easy to come to power or it is not going to win elections. And that's why they found the easier route of joining a party that is either in power or has a very good chance of uh, coming to power in states. I mean, I'm specifically talking about Jitin Prasada, who was a member of the Congress Working Committee, part of Team Rahul for all these years. He chose to join the BJP and is now a minister in the Yogi Adityanath government. Usmita Dev would not have been able to become a Rajya Sabha MP had she not joined Srinamul Congress. So some people would choose, you know, the easier path. Some senior leaders may also gravitate towards parties like Mamta Banerjee's or even Sharad Pawar. But I think the interesting question will be that in the run-up to 2024, how will these allies, because no matter how Trinamool pitches itself as a national alternative to the BJP, the fact is that, and, and their own advisor, Mr. Prashant Kishore, has said this, that without the Congress, it is difficult. You know, you cannot... Trinamul doesn't really have a base across all Indian states as the Congress does. Uh, so without the Congress, it is not going to be easy to even think of forming an alternative government at the center. But the question is, are they willing to accept Mr. Gandhi as their leader? Or is Mr. Gandhi going to step aside and say that, okay, I'll provide my MPs, our party's MPs, but I'm happy to see Ms. Banerjee uh, lead or I'm happy to see Mr. Pawar lead. I think these are questions that will come maybe closer to the elections. So we'll leave these questions for later then as we move closer to elections. Uh, thank you, Sandeep Pukan, for talking to the Hindus In Focus podcast. Thank you. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for in Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.